Well, again, good evening. I'm um, I'm extremely excited about tonight. It's a new year with new opportunities, new memories to be made. And so it's exciting. Uh, With every new year, people like to reflect on the year prior. So it's, it's 2019, so a lot of us like to reflect on 2018. Good times, bad times, areas of improvement, areas where we slacked off some. And it helps us look forward to this upcoming year. And so I just kind of want to start out with this, just kind of ask everyone, is, you know, now that we're a week or so in to 2019, people looking back on 2018, who would say 2018 was arguably just the best year yet for you? Or at least just overall, it was a good year. Okay. I mean, how many of you would say 2018, honestly, was a pretty crummy year. It was difficult, there was trials, there was difficulties, and overall it was just tough, okay? I probably fall a little more into saying it was a good year for me personally, and it's it's mainly two highlights for me that I'll selfishly shout out. One of them being a cool part is, is I met my girlfriend in 2018, and she means a lot to me. She's great. She's actually with me here tonight. Sorry to embarrass you, Rebecca. Love you. <laughs> The second one is a big one for me as well, is, is I completed my bachelor's at Liberty, and I get the start on my master's at Southeastern. Thank you. It, it meant a lot, and, and that's something, and so that is a highlight of 2018, but also something I'm looking forward to in 2019. That, and I also get to hang out with you guys for a full year, so that'll be a whole lot of fun also. And so, like I said, people like to reflect on 2018, and they look to 2019, and they have what's called New Year's resolutions. Something they thought they didn't do too well on in 2018. They say, you know what? I want to do a whole lot better in 2019. In fact, does anyone have a New Year's resolution? Anyone? Anyone, anyone that wants to share what their New Year's resolution is? Be more responsible. Okay, being more responsible. Anyone else? Yeah. Okay. Okay, well, finish writing a book. Be less hyper at school. Fair enough. Get better, at Get better at gaming. Okay. Be a better person. Okay. I like that. I like that. Yeah, so a New Year's resolution is just something that you said, you know what, I didn't do too well in that last year, so I want to do better in it this year. For example, some people might say, I really struggled in my grades in 2018. So I'm going to work really hard, and I'm going to work extra hard to get back to those grades that I had before, if not better. Another one might be, let's say, okay, I really didn't take care of my body too well in 2018. I gained a few pounds. So what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to work hard, I'm going to diet, I'm going to exercise, and I'm going to get back to that desired weight I had beforehand, if not better. And, and these aren't inherently bad things. Is wanting to do better, wanting to get better grades, wanting to lose weight, wanting to be more fit. None of these are inherently bad to want to be a better version of yourself. 
to want to work hard and get back to a right standing, if not better standing, where you were before. Where it can become bad is when we have this same mindset and apply it to our faith. Is when we say, you know what, I really struggled in my spiritual life, so I'm going to work extra hard. I'm going to read my Bible even more. I'm going to go on every mission trip. I'm going to go to every service opportunity. I'm going to work extra hard to get back to right standing with God, if not maybe even better in right standing with God, when really that's not how it's meant to be. Because us as fallen human beings are prone to believe that we can get into right standing with God, that we can earn our salvation and keep our salvation by our own good works and our own power. When really, here's, here's the main point I want you to get out of this passage tonight. The main point is this. It is only by the power of the gospel that saves us, that secures us, and sends us. It is only by the power of the gospel that saves us, secures us, and sends us. And so if you have your Bible, if you're not already there yet, if you can open up to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we're going to be looking at verses 17 through 21. And what we're going to do is we're just going to look at two main points out of this passage. Because what we want to do with this tonight is we want to refocus back on Christ and revolve our life around Christ and start out with the new year. Because a lot of times what people will say is, you know, you hear new year, new me is what you hear a lot, right? It's a new year, so it's a fresh start. Some people think, I have, oh, I already messed up on my New Year's resolution, so I'll wait till next year. But the beautiful thing I want you to get tonight is that in our spiritual walk, we don't have to wait until a new year to get right with Christ. We can get renewed in just the next moment. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 21. This is the word of the Lord. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let's pray. Dear God, I pray for tonight. I pray that for any distractions we might have outside of tonight. Anything going on in our own personal lives, anything going on at school, anything going on at home, that you will just have us block all that out and focus in on you. Holy Spirit, I pray that your presence will be welcome here and that you will open up our hearts and minds to understand your word that you authored. I pray in these moments that you will just calm my nerves and calm everyone here and that what I say is not my own opinion. It's not my own words, but it's your words, and I'm just being a messenger of it. So please help us be able to internalize this and live out this message, that it won't just be tonight, that it won't just be all year, but it'll be for the rest of our lives that this applies to us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Okay, so there's two main points that we are to get out of this passage. And the first one is this, is that the gospel saves and secures us. The gospel saves and secures us. So it says, says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. What Paul is saying here is that, he, what, he is, what he's explaining, he's explaining to us what our status is if we are in Christ. That if we are a believer in Christ, he's explaining our status and how we receive that status. So in verse 17, he explains what our status is if we are a believer. Simple as this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. That's our status. If we're in Christ, if we're a believer in Christ, we're a new creation. And then in verse 18 and 19, he explains to us how we receive this status. Eight, verse 18, all of this is from God. So right from the start, what Paul is saying is our status of being a Christ, of being a new creation, it all comes from God. All of it, every last bit of it, which means if all of it is from God, it means none of it is from us. Next one, it says, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. It says, who through Christ reconciled us back to himself, not through our good works. How in verse 19, that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not in our own power. We reconciled ourselves back to God. In fact, it, it says in Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, how we were dead in our trespasses, how we were dead in our sins, how if we are dead, there's nothing we can do to make ourselves alive. It doesn't say we were spiritually sick. It doesn't say we were asleep. It says we were dead in our trespasses. But the beautiful thing about that in verse 4, it says, but God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ. It says how we are saved by grace through faith and that it is from God. It is a gift from God, not from human works so that no man may boast. How it is in Christ and it is through Christ that we are reconciled to God. That is by the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross and his death, burial, and resurrection that we're able to be reconciled to God and that we are forever secured in right standing with God. It says that if we are in Christ, we are a new creation. The old has passed away. The old is dead. The old way of living is gone. Hallelujah, amen. And that the new has come. That we now have right standing with God. And here's how we know that. It says God did not count their trespasses against them. In verse 19, God, before we were ever created, knew what our sins we were going to commit, past, present, and future, and he still counted the cost, and he still sent Jesus to die on the cross for each and asked one of us, every single one of us. He knew what sins we were going to commit, past, present, and future, and he did not count our sins against us. And if he did not count our sins against us then, that he does not count our sins against us now even the sins we might have committed this morning, even the sins we might have committed before we even walked through the door just now, even the sins that we might commit later on tonight, that he still does not count our sin against us because Christ's work on the cross was enough. 
and that we don't have to work our way back to God. Christ has already paved the way for us. In a way, I'll explain it like this. Is, does anyone know what this is? It's a power strip. So you help, uh, it helps power a whole bunch of appliances. So let me ask you this. Uh, I, I want to power a bunch of things. So, so am I good? Am I set? Am, am I good, right? Why aren't I good? Why aren't I good? I mean, it's, it's plugged in, right? It's supposed to do, how about, how about this? How about this? I, I, can, I can charge a couple things, right? I'll just, look, right? Why, I can charge my phone, right? Good? No? Why am I not good? I need to plug it in, right? I need to plug it into some sort of ultimate source. I mean, if this isn't plugged in anything, it's useless. But I mean, look, it, look at all these things attached to it, right? That should count, right? This, this is how it looks when we try to work our way back to God. How, how, I mean, look at all the things attached to us. I mean, I, mean, I mean, I'm going to church every single Sunday. I'm reading my Bible every single day. I mean, I'm going on, I'm going on the Youth Evangelism Conference. I'm going to D-Now. I'm, I'm going on our mission trips to Canada and, and Ridgecrest. I mean, why is that not enough? Because it'll never be enough. It is only by the finished work of Christ that when we plug into an ultimate source, when we plug into God and we're reconciled to God, that these things are a natural overflow from our salvation. Let me ask you this. As, as Pastor Monty said this past Sunday, do you read your Bible because you believe God will be mad at you if you don't? Or that you will lose maybe your favor or brownie points with God? Or do you read your Bible because you want to? Because you know you've already been saved and you get to know about who saved you. Do you read your Bible or go to the YEC, go on mission trips, serve in VBS, go to Bible studies, out of obligation, as if you're checking it off the list, or do you do it out of desire? Lastly, do you believe salvation is your work for God or God working in you? Because I'm here to tell you good news is that with Christ, since he's already done all the work, we don't have to work our way back to God. In fact, it says in Colossians 2, 12 through 14, it says that we were dead in our trespasses and now we're made alive in Christ and that he has paid our certificate of debt in full with all of its ramifications, with all of the things against us. He paid it in full and he tossed it aside by nailing it to the cross once and for all, for all of eternity. That is because it's only by the power of the gospel that saves us and secures us. only by the power of the gospel that saves and secures us. But there's another part of this that we must remember, and that's my second main point, and that's this. is that the gospel sends us. The gospel sends us. In verse 20 and 21, it says this, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God is making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What Paul is explaining here is that once we are saved, it doesn't stop there. He's explaining now that now that we've been saved, we've been given a message and we've been given a mission. 
that now that we've been saved and secured by the gospel, we are now entrusted with this gospel message to go out and proclaim it everywhere. That we now have a job title. We are ambassadors for Christ. Both times, in verses 18 and 19, where it says we're reconciled to Christ, it always has an and right after it. In verse 18, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. In verse 18, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Is that now that we've been reconciled to God by the gospel, is that he entrusts us with this message of the gospel and this mission from him that we are to go out and we're to be an ambassador for Christ. In fact, what an ambassador is, it's an authorized representative or messenger. According to, to state.gov, when I Googled this, just, just wondering what an ambassador even does, here's what it says. An ambassador is the president's highest ranking representative to a specific nation or international organization. And they all have the same mission, to represent the interests and policies of the United States. If we are in Christ, if the ambassadors are the highest ranking people from the president, just imagine how we are. If we're the highest ranking representatives, that we have the privilege and honor from Christ to be able to be his representative and his ambassador. If we are in Christ, we're representatives of the kingdom of God in our schools, in our jobs, in our neighborhoods, our sports teams, and are to represent the interests and policies of the kingdom of God in those areas. See, a lot of, a lot of times when people think ambassador or people think, oh, I'm going to go tell people, others about the gospel, people think, oh, I got to travel halfway around the world and go to a third world country and tell those people about the gospel. When really we're supposed to go down the street. We're supposed to go into our classrooms, our sports teams. In fact, it says in Acts 17, 26 through 27, it says how God appointed the allotted times and boundaries of people so that they might seek God and that others might know God, knowing that he's not too far from each one of us. What that's saying is, is that I had each and every one of you place what school you went to, what sports you're involved with, what neighborhood you live in. If you are in Christ, if you are a follower of Christ, that means you're an ambassador for Christ. And God has divinely placed you in these areas so that you will tell others about Christ. From the schools you go to, more specifically, the classmates you sit next to, the people you sit with at lunch. From the neighborhood you live in, more specifically, your neighbors that are around you. The sports teams you play on to the teammates that play next to you. God has divinely appointed us in these areas that we'll be an ambassador for Christ and tell others about him. That's because the gospel does not just save and secures us, it sends us. It sends us to these areas and it says we are to implore people, implore people on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to him. Implore means it's to ask someone in a determined, sincere, and sometimes emotional way to do something. We're to beg, we're to pray, we're to plead. We're to plead to others on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to him. Because it is only by him that people are saved and secured. And here's what we plead to them. Here's what we implore to them. What it says in verse 21 is this. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 
that is what we are supposed to implore to people, to be reconciled to God. That God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin, to die on the cross for the penalty for our sins and provide us a way to salvation and to be secured and to go back into right standing with him. In fact, it says in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God. But it goes further than that is just a few verses before that. In verses 14 and 15, it says this. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. How can someone believe in Christ if they've never heard the name of Christ? And then how can someone know how to believe in Christ if no one ever tells them how to believe in Christ? Then how is anyone ever supposed to tell them if they are not sent? Brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you tonight that God has given us a message and a mission. That we are to be living sent. That we're not to say, oh, someone else will do it. No, God has entrusted us with the message and mission of reconciliation. That he's making his appeal through us. That it's not, it's not by us that people are saved. It is just us being faithful and preaching the gospel. And have the Holy Spirit work in their lives and regenerate lives and be made new. So let me ask you this. Do you believe telling other people about Christ is a command or an option? Do you believe God has divinely placed you where you are to tell others about him? Or do you believe that someone else will do it? Do you believe it is all up to that someone? Do you believe it's all up to you that someone is saved? Or that it's all up to God working through you that someone is saved? Like I said, the beautiful thing about the gospel, the beautiful thing about us being saved, secured, and sent is that it's all from God. There's no part we can play in that, and that is good news. Because whenever, whenever we fall into sin, we don't have to work even harder to get back into right standing. Christ is saying, I've already paid the penalty for that. I welcome you back with open arms. Run to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. He doesn't say, I'll think about it. I might consider it. He says, no, I will give you rest. So what are you rooting your status as a believer in? Are you rooting it in your own works? Or are you rooting it in Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross? When you sin and stray from the faith, do you believe that you can run back into the arms of Christ or that you must work your way back into his arms? Do you believe that once you are in Christ, you are secured forever? 
or you constantly have to work to keep your salvation? Do you believe it's up to you that someone is saved or that it's up to God working through you? Because again, it is only by the power of the gospel that we are saved and that we are secured and that we are sent. So I want, I want to close with this. Maybe 2018 was a really bad year. Maybe you thought, you know what, I really slipped up. I really acted up. I really fell into sin. I really just fell into so many different temptations that it's hard for me to even look at myself in the mirror that I just feel like I'm going to put myself over here in the penalty box. And, and once I do that, I'm, I'm going to read my Bible a lot more. I'm going to work harder. And, and maybe when I get out, God won't be as nearly as angry at me. I'm here to tell you that he's not. I bring you good news that you don't have to work hard to get back to Christ. Christ says, no, come to me. I will welcome you back with open arms. Is that maybe you slipped up and you acted up and, and you just thought, I'm too far gone from grace. I've been there. The beautiful thing is we are never too far gone from grace. That we don't have to wait for a new year to get renewed. We can get renewed in just the next moment. And that's God is not scared of your past. God is not scared of this past year. God is not scared of your sin. And your sin is not too much for God. You want to know why? Because the tomb is empty. If our sin was too much for God, then Jesus will be still held in that tomb. But he said, no, I'm going to pay your debt in full. I'm going to nail it to the cross and I'm going to forgive it for all of time. Maybe some of you, 2018 was a really good year. You made a whole lot of strides. You're really growing in your faith and you want to carry that momentum into this upcoming year. I have good news and encouragement for you too. Keep going. Keep daily denying yourself, picking up your cross and following after Jesus wherever he takes you because it is making a kingdom impact. But also want to implore you to be able to encourage our brothers and sisters that that might have applied to what I said before, that 2018 was a bad year, that they need encouragement, that there are brothers and sisters in Christ, that we're to carry these burdens together and that we're all in this together. We all come together under the same banner and that we're all in need of Christ every single day. And then for those of you that are doing really well and want to carry this momentum in this upcoming year, I have one more thing I want to implore all of you on. Never get over the power of the gospel. Preach it to yourself daily. Because it is only by the power of the gospel that we are saved and that we are secured and that we are sent. So here's how I want to end tonight. Is I'm going to pray going to have the band come back up and then I want us to end this night in a night of prayer is that I want us to get into groups and I want us to pray and I'll give specific instructions on what I want us to pray for and all that stuff I'll do that in a sec so don't don't worry too much but I want to pray for us and while I'm praying the band will come up and then I'll give us specific instructions on what to do okay all right let's pray dear God Thank you 
Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for all that he's done on the cross. Thank you that his work is sufficient and that you have forever paid for the penalty of sin and that it's not up to us to work back to you, but it's you reaching down and meeting us where we're at. That it's not by our good works and by our good deeds and by our own strength, but it's by your power, your grace, and your will that we are reconciled back to you. So I pray in this next moment, Holy Spirit, you'll work in each and every one of our lives. You'll help us respond to what you have taught us through your word. That will be reconciled to you and that will refocus back on Christ and that will remember that we are saved and secured by you and now that we're going to be lived and sent out and tell other people about this amazing message that saves and secures us. Thank you for all that you do, Jesus. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's what I want everyone to do. I want everyone to get up and I want everyone